the 21st of September, 2006, episode 48. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Rookie Designer is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. You'll hear many a discussion about job searching, interviewing, and the tips and techniques that go along with that. One thing you don't hear much is a discussion about what you as the job hunter wants to get out of the prospective opportunities that you pursue. Yet this remains a topic almost as important as what the potential employer wants from you. Today we're going to take a look at the important factors of choosing a job. And this podcast today is sponsored in part by Wicked Lasers. What would you do if that weak laser pointer you currently have had a hundred times more power? Did you know that WickedLasers.com has a full line of portable lasers that are being termed the next generation of laser pointers? Why settle for a dot when you can draw a line in the sky? According to the Guinness Book of World Records, Wicked Lasers are the most powerful portable laser. Purchased by the U.S. military for operations in Iraq, each laser is backed under warranty with a large support community. Visit wickedlasers.com for full details of this technology marvel. Got some pretty cool news today and some pretty important news as well. Uh, The first thing I wanted to bring up, I was actually written up in an article, and this is by one of the editors of O'Reilly Books, and you've probably seen these books before. They they write all kinds of training guides for different applications and a lot of other books for languages, for writing websites and stuff like that. But uh, this one is in particular was by a lady named Colleen Wheeler, and it's called My Favorite Audio Podcasts on Visual Topics. And I kind of found this in a roundabout way. I was actually listening to InDesign Secrets, uh, another very good podcast about InDesign. And they were actually listed in this article as well. So that's why I heard about it. And I thought, hmm, that sounds interesting. Maybe we'll be on there too. So I went and checked it out. And uh, indeed we were. We are the number four on the list. Uh, they're not actually numbered, but we we are number four on the list there. So uh, her criteria, it had to be audio only. Uh, it has to be long enough. She doesn't like super short ones. So I think we fall, fell right in that range. Has to be reliable enough, and this show pretty much delivers every week on time. Of course, lately it hasn't, but we're making up for lost time. Uh, Availability on iTunes. I think most of our subscribers are from iTunes. We're definitely available from there. And catchy theme music. So she had a couple of very nice things to say, and uh, she, she liked the theme, the baseball theme, and she made good mention of our little segments like Keys to the Game and the Rookie Mistake. So if you want to go check that out, I'm going to put a link up on our website, rookiedesigner.com slash rookie, and you can check out the nice things she says about this podcast. Next thing. Man, it's only been a couple of days since I put up the last podcast, but some big news broke today. Today is actually Tuesday. I'm doing this Tuesday night. Um, it's, it's finally coming out. Uh, The new Adobe Creative Suite 2.3 is going to be releasing fairly soon, and they finally admitted that Dreamweaver is going to replace Go Live 
in the Creative Suite, in this new version of Creative Suite. Now, they are going to keep developing Go Live. So if you use Go Live, don't worry about it. It's still going to be around. If you don't want to switch to Dreamweaver, it's going to be offered as a standalone product. It's not going to be part of the Creative Suite anymore. But if you don't want to switch, you don't have to. You don't have to go learn a whole new program. They are still going to make Go Live. So that's good news for those people. But good news for people who like to get the Creative Suite and have all that, because in my opinion, Dreamweaver is the ultimate web design tool. It's very good. It's a lot better, in my opinion, than Go Live is. So, so the Adobe CS2 2.3 uh, plus Dreamweaver, it all comes as a package, is going to be available in the fourth quarter of 2006. For the full package, it'll cost $1,199. To upgrade from CS2, it will be $159. And to upgrade from CS1, it'll be $549. And that also is going to include a new version of Adobe Acrobat. It's number eight, uh, the new full version. I think there was two before. There was a standard and a premiere or something like that. But uh, it's going to have that full version of Adobe Acrobat. So look forward to that as well. Now, this is pretty exciting news. If you own CS2 and you already own Dreamweaver, you're probably going to want to wait until CS3. That's probably what I'm going to do because it's a lot of money to drop, even though it's only $159. You already have some of the stuff that's already in there. And uh, I don't think there's going to be too many upgrades until they go to CS3. So just something to keep in mind there. We do have a contest going on right now. If you haven't heard yet, you haven't been listening because I've been saying it every time. We have a contest. What you need to do is send me an email at adam at rookiedesigner.com. Include a topic. Now I'm looking for topics for quick tips for designers. If you watch that podcast, I'm looking for tutorials. If you want to learn about certain tools or certain functions in an application, or you want to see how to make a certain effect that you've seen, you want me to break it down into a tutorial, please send me an email with your ideas for that. If you don't watch that show, then just send me a topic for a discussion for Ricky Designer, and that will be just as good. Make sure you send me in the email your name and physical address so I can send you a prize if you win. The prize is, again, the main prize is a book from Photoshop World 2006, and it includes the notes and a bunch of tutorials from mostly all of the classes at that conference. So very good stuff. Uh, some of the second and third place prizes, there's a couple of packages of magazines with layers and the new Illustrator techniques. And there's also a pen, a Photoshop CS2 pen with a little retractable scroll in it that gives you all the key commands that you need to use in Adobe Photoshop CS2. So you could have your choice of those prizes. We're going to wait a couple of weeks, probably get a lot of uh, entries in here. And then I'm going to do a drawing after that to see who wins the great prizes. I've been asking you guys to pretty much spread the word about this podcast. Anybody that you know who's interested in graphic design or design in general, please tell them about the podcast. Get them to come out and at least give it a listen and see if it's something they're going to like so we can build up our community even bigger than it is right now. And I'm saying, you know, you don't have to worry about voting for me on Podcast Alley anymore. If you do want to do that still, I definitely would appreciate it. Just go to rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. There's a little form field on the right-hand side. Just put your email in there and click the vote button. That will send you an email. Click on the link in that email, and you voted for me. Uh, I haven't been asking for votes that much. We're still in the top 10, though, so we're still doing good on that. Uh, it's really on the bottom of my priorities right now. I, I, 
I think we probably have gotten a lot of listeners from there, but I think the better thing to do is just find these people that you see all the time or maybe you see once in a while. Find these people that are interested in graphics or in design and tell them about the podcast and tell them they should check it out. And if they don't know how to go get it, please tell them how to do it. There are some people out there still who don't know what a podcast is or don't know how to subscribe or even listen to one. So if it's a person like that, please help them out, help us all out and uh, let them know how to do it. Last thing, uh, we still have our sponsorship going here with Wicked Lasers and there is a banner on our website at rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. Pretty much every page you click on, there's there's a nice little banner there, a little flash animation. If you could, just click on that and go check out their website. Uh, it'll make me look good as uh, the podcast that they're sponsoring. If I have lots of people coming in, I'm sure they're counting the hits from, from wherever they're coming from. So please, if you got a couple minutes, just go check out their website. It's pretty interesting, actually. So today we're going to be talking about different uh, factors to look at when you're choosing a job. And I just wanted to put a ginormous disclaimer on the beginning of this thing. A lot of the info in this episode is assuming that you're going to have a choice of several different jobs or that you're currently working and looking for a new job. Please do not ever pass up a job for any of, the, any of these reasons if you're not currently working. If you need a paycheck and you're not working, you're not getting a paycheck, please don't take this as you're supposed to be picky on every single job that you look at. This is more for people who actually have a choice between maybe two or more jobs and they're trying to balance it out and see which one they really want. Or for someone like myself, like the position I was just in where I, I'm secure in my job, but I'm kind of looking for something else kind of want to upgrade my job so I can I can afford to be choosy because I always have the job that I already have to fall back on. But I just want to throw that out there because I don't want anybody passing up jobs saying, oh yeah, he told me that I should be picky about this and uh, well, now I don't have any money and I can't pay my rent. I definitely don't want to be in that situation. So please uh, take this the way it's meant to be and uh, and I'll just leave that at that. So I wanted to revisit this uh, job search topic. I talked about it a little bit because uh, I was on the job hunt myself and have since landed myself a different position at my same company. I'll be talking a little bit about that in in this podcast, but I wanted to, to do this while it was still fresh in my mind and get all these things out here because it's something that I thought about that you really just, you don't hear this all that often. It's really a different take from most people give you tips and techniques of how to find the job, but nobody ever talks about, well, what happens if you have three offers on the table and you don't know which one to take? So that's what I wanted to talk about today and uh, hopefully help you out with one of those decisions. Hopefully you're in one of those positions because that's a very good position to be in. To be wanted by you know two or more different jobs is a very good position to have yourself in. So... The first factor I wanted to talk about is probably the single most important one, and that is pay or your salary. This is pretty much the reason we work, the reason we go to work. We need to go and make that money so that we can pay our bills and hopefully make enough money that after paying the bills, we can have some fun with our money as well. There are some jobs out there that actually make you forget about how much money you're making. Uh, These would be jobs that are very fun or very exciting or jobs where you're learning a whole lot and it's going to help you out in the long run. But for the most part, most jobs don't make you forget about the money. Money comes first. You always need to make that money because 
Well, that's what our society is pretty much driven on. I'm not going to get too political with you now. Uh, so a couple of things we want to talk about here is salary requirements. A lot of jobs will ask you for salary requirements. And the number one golden rule of this one, and I think I've said it before, but I'll definitely say it again because it's so important. Don't ever undercut yourself. Don't ever get in a situation where you're like, I want this job so badly that I'm going to put down less money to see that to see if they'll hire me because of that. Don't ever do this to yourself because you're going to end up just ruining. If you get the job, you're not going to be paid enough. You're going to be mad about that. If you don't get the job, you're going to be like, well, you know, it's a pretty much a wash at that point. I guess it doesn't matter. But putting a lower salary is in most cases, not going to get you the job over somebody else. Somebody else will get the job instead of you because they have more talent. If you have the skills to move into this position and give them what they want, then they're going to be willing to pay what the what the going rate is for that. Now, we can't be totally obnoxious when we're choosing our salary, and it's a good idea to go on the internet and try and look for things. There's things on uh, AIGA every once in a while where they actually pull designers and they ask them how much they make and they list like their title, what kind of job they do. And you can find this on a lot of different websites. You just got to search around, but it'll say the particular type of job. Sometimes it'll even tell you the duties of that job. So you can see, you can kind of line it up with, okay, this is kind of what I'm doing. And then they tell you what that person makes or they tell you like a range usually of what that job will make. So try and stay somewhere in there. Don't get ridiculous. Don't be putting uh, six-figure numbers down for your salary requirements because that will actually get you your uh, resume thrown in the trash. Don't ever talk salary in the interview. And I've said this one before. You definitely don't want to go in there on your first interview yakking about salary, asking them what you're going to make, asking them anything about salary. That's not the time to do it. There is a time for that. And it's pretty much when they offer you the job. At some point, they're going to have to offer you the job and it'll either give you some kind of salary that's linked to that position, or they're going to give you some kind of offer sheet. And uh, at that point, you can either choose to accept that or decide that maybe you have to go back and try and haggle with them a little bit to try and get more money. And Always be careful when you're haggling, especially if it's a job that you really want. Again, you don't want to put something down ridiculous. You don't want to go back to them with some ridiculous number of salary that that you're never going to get. The key is to just, you know, you have to figure out what you need to live, what you need to survive on, and uh, don't go too much over that. And like I said, if you can go find some numbers of, of different salaries, salary ranges that are in tune with the job that you're about to take, then that's the best place to start. And uh, if you have tons of experience, maybe move it up on that scale. If you don't, maybe move it down towards the, the bottom of that pay scale. The second factor I wanted to talk about is location. And basically, where do you want to work? Where do you want to live? And this can go two different way, a couple of different ways. There's the smaller scale, which is can you commute or are you willing to commute? And this could be anywhere from maybe 10 to 30 minutes to an hour, hour and a half. Some people actually do that that long. And it's not always because of how far away from the job they are. Sometimes it has to do with traffic. And that's actually the case for a lot of people here in San Diego. I personally don't know how they do it. And I really don't think I ever could do it. But these people sit in traffic for two hours waiting to get home every day. 
Um, another thing to think about there is uh, your transportation. Are you going to take mass transit? Are you going to take a bus or some kind of uh, trolley? They have the trolley here, or like a train, I guess you would say, subway. Or are you going to be taking a car? And this might seem like some simplistic thing that you might be asked by your manager when you went to go get that McDonald's job, but it really makes a difference, especially if you're having to go two hours to your job. You're going to need a car that's going to start every day and get you there. Also, the, the bigger scale would be, are you willing to relocate or move to find that good job? Now, there's definitely some cities that have better markets. Good example is San Diego. San Diego has a decent market, but the problem is there's a certain amount of jobs and there's about 10 times as many designers all vying for those same jobs. Whereas if you just go up a little bit, a little bit up the road, a little bit up the state to LA, you're going to find a lot more opportunities for a lot more people. Now, there is more designers up there as well, but there's a hell of a lot more jobs available, so you have a better chance of actually getting something. And you'll find that in cities like LA, New York, San Francisco. So are you willing to move to one of these cities to be able to get that job? I personally was not, that was not in the cards for me. I don't like LA. It's too big. There's too many freeways. There's just an attitude about that city that I don't like. But um, those are all things that have to come into play as well. I mean, what is your living situation going to be like? If you're living in some podunk town, how are you going to survive if you move somewhere like New York or LA? Is that going to be achievable for you, I guess? Here in San Diego, there actually is a big concentration of 3D jobs. So sometimes you'll find that there's a particular type of job that there's a big market for when, you know, maybe there's not a a big market in general for design. And in San Diego, there's a lot of uh, video game developers. So there's always lots of 3D jobs available here. So sometimes that's the case as well. Now, another piece to this is the office accommodations. And this is, this is really getting down to the nitty gritty. This is really nitpicking here. But certain people might like to work a certain way. And a couple of things you, you might want to factor into this are what type of office is it? Is it a bunch of cubicles everywhere? Some people don't like a cubicles. Uh, actually, I don't think anybody likes cubicles, but some people can get away with working in them. I do myself. It's not that cool, but, you know, it could be worse. Uh, there's also some some offices especially for design, are kind of open style, almost to where you're all in this one little room. You're, you're maybe back to back, and if you turn around, you can see everybody's screen and see what they're doing. I personally don't like that, but I think it's because I've worked alone so long. If I got in a group where we were actually working together a lot, I'd probably be more respect, receptive to that. But maybe that's something you don't like, so that's something to keep in account too. And hopefully you're going to be able to go, you know, on your interview and go see this place, see where you're going to be working. They're going to show you, you know, your new digs where you're going to be doing your design. Uh, another one, it might just be a dumpy looking office. Maybe <laughs> some offices just kind of get cluttered with a bunch of crap and there's low lighting or bad lighting and just the situation isn't that good. So again, this is really nitpicking. This is probably something that wouldn't really factor into you deciding to get the job unless, you know, you had a few options out there and maybe the jobs are pretty equal and one office is pristine and the other one looks like a dump. Then that might actually help you make your decision. Anyways, a couple things to think about there. The third factor, your job duties. This is a very, very big one. What will all your duties be with your new job? 
And let me stress the all in that. You got to make sure you get all of your duties. Don't let them write up, you know, kind of a description list for you and then start adding things on once you start doing the job. Because these things tend to happen, and it's definitely happened to me. You start tacking on these admin tasks, um, you're being the contact for certain people, you're updating spreadsheets or, or word flyers or PowerPoints for people. Make sure you know everything that you're going to have to do beforehand, because there might be something in your job description that you don't want to do. And if you take that job, well, then you're kind of screwed. You're going to have to do it. The big thing here is what I call the big versus small company. I myself, I work at a startup. When you work at a startup, uh, this, this is my situation anyways, there's less design work because they don't have as much money. They don't have the big marketing budget. You're not constantly putting out new ads, uh, making new brochures, making new materials in general. So there's less design work. So there's more busy work. If I can't be designing all the time, I have to work there for eight hours a day to get my money. So this is what they did. They they had me be the point person for all the, you know, the printing, the vendors and stuff like that. And that's fine. That's something you might actually be asked to do in a design job. But I was also the point person for business cards. So I have all the sales guys calling me when they need business cards. I manage the the sales web portal, which is just like a website where they go get their sales aids. I did all kinds of tasks like this that had absolutely nothing to do with my job. And, uh, well, that was okay at the time. I didn't really get this job in a conventional way. I kind of uh, just fell right into it. So there was no offer. There was nothing given to me that was really a, a laid out plan for what my responsibilities would be. And at the time, I was okay with that. This was my first design job, so that was cool. Now I've moved on to my new job, and I'm actually going to be doing two jobs now. So I, my main job is web design and web development. And secondarily, I'm still going to be doing a lot of the design tasks that I did before. So brochures, videos, multimedia stuff, I'm still going to be doing that as well when I have time. If I don't have time, it's going to be outsourced. If I do have time, it's staying in. And that just goes to show how expendable my job was. They're not actually backfilling it. They're not bringing in another person to do what I was doing they just kind of spread all my admin responsibilities around to other people. And then I'm going to do the design when it, whenever it's uh, available, when I have time to do it. If you're in a big business, it might be a different story. You might be working on a big team, or you might just be working at a company that has a lot of work to do. And enough work equals only doing design, which is a good thing. So this is the type of job that you want if you don't want to have to do those admin things. And that's not to say that every startup is going to make you do administration tasks, but it could be the case. Startups, generally people work a couple of different jobs. They do things that aren't necessarily in their job description because it's a small company. You're trying to make it work without putting a whole lot of money into it. And you are putting a whole lot of money into it when you hire more people. So that's why it works that way. Again, it's not always that way, but a lot of times it is. If you're on this big team, this big business, and you have enough work, well, you're probably only going to be asked to do design because that's going to fill up your eight-hour days or 10-hour days or whatever it is. Uh, you're going to have enough work to, to make it worth it to them for you to only do design. Also, if there's tons of work or if there's lots of people on the team, that usually equals specialization. 
And I think the best example of this, when I was going through my 3D animation classes, they told us about this before, a lot of the 3D gaming companies or just 3D companies in general, they get really, really specialized, meaning you're either going to be a modeler, which is a person that builds the models of the 3D whatever, let's say the 3D characters, or you're going to be just the animator, that's the person obviously that animates the models, or you're going to be just a texture person. You're going to be the person that makes the textures to, to make the 3D model look real. And it could get even more specialized than this. Maybe there's a whole modeling team. You're the person that does you know, the arms or the head. And it could, give, it could be that much. And, and the reason that's important is you really get pigeonholed in, in a company like that and you end up doing the same thing over and over and over again. So if you're a person that gets bored easily and you don't really want to be doing the same thing every day, every week, every month, then that might be something to look at as well. You know, is your job description long enough? Do you want to be doing different things? If so, maybe you're better suited for something like I do, where you're the only person there, you're the you're the in-house designer, or maybe you're more suited for something like freelance, where you can pick and choose what you're going to be doing. The keys to the game. Brought to you by techpodcast.com. Our keys for today are to lock or unlock an object in Illustrator. And although this might not seem very glamorous, it comes in very handy. A good example is if you have lots of objects in an Illustrator document and you keep trying to select something, but you're accidentally selecting something else, that's what when you would want to lock that thing so that you can select what you want to. So to lock an object, we're going to select it first of all, and then on the Mac, press Command and 2. And on the PC, press Control and 2. Now to unlock this, and unfortunately this key command unlocks everything, so if you have multiple objects locked, it's going to unlock everything. But the key command for that on the Mac is Command, Option, and 2. And on the PC, it's Control, Alt, and 2. So we have a couple more factors to go. Factor number four is coworkers. Now there's nothing worse than working with someone that annoys the hell out of you. Probably a lot of people have experienced this before. Somebody gets hired onto the team and they're just, they're somebody that you just can't possibly work with because they're that annoying or they're just, maybe they're a jerk or whatever is going on. So this is something to think about too. And it's extremely important that you can at least get along with your boss. That's the most important thing because you're going to be going back and forth with this person a lot. So make sure that's not the person that totally annoys you or that you can't stand. That would be a very bad scenario. But you really need to be able to forge relationships with your coworkers. And it really helps if you can be friends with them. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to go hang out with them outside of work. If you do do that, well, that's an added bonus, I guess, especially if these people are, are designers as well and they're designing with you. It's really going to benefit you to become friends with these people and, and build a relationship so that you guys are sharing back and forth as much as you can. Uh, I've stressed that in every single show that we've done, that it's good to have somebody else to bounce ideas off of, to learn from, and to teach what you know as well. So if you can get something like that in your new workplace, that's definitely awesome. What you should try to do is try and meet some of the people. And this is something, some people have done this at my current job, and I was actually the person that went in and talked to them. But you can have a little sit down with some people that you will be working with. And it's a very good idea to do that. 
If you've got an offer on the table, they're going to let you come in and meet some of the people that are going to be on your team because that's going to benefit both you and them. You get to learn something about them. They get to learn something more about you. So it's good for both sides. So it's probably a good idea to do that. And when you do do that, make sure you ask about the other workers that are in the building, in the office, other people that you're going to be working with closely, and maybe even the other people that you aren't going to be working with closely. And, uh, you know, this is the time to try and dig for a little bit of gossip. See if there are some of those annoying people around the office, because in most cases, they'll give up that information. If that person annoys them too, they're going to be more apt to tell you. Also, when you're in this little meeting, you can ask more questions about what kind of duties. If they're someone that works hand in hand with you, or maybe has the certain same kind of job description, maybe they can tell you a little bit more about what kind of duties you're going to be doing. And also you can ask about, which is actually my factor number five, you can ask about the work environment. And by environment, I don't mean the location or the, the state of the office. We've already talked about those things. By environment, I mean the culture of the company. And this is also very important. This kind of goes hand in hand with your coworkers because the coworkers really make up the culture of the company, the people that work there. And this can include things like dress code. Uh, at my work, we don't really have a dress code. If somebody important is coming into the office for a meeting or something like that, then we're told ahead of time to, to wear business casual, to wear pants, to wear a button-up shirt, whatever. But most of the time, we can wear shorts and a t-shirt whenever we want. And hey, that's important to me. I don't like dressing up. Uh, some people feel a little cramped when they get in their, their monkey suit or in a dress and, you know, Certain people work better when they're comfortable. So that could be very important to you. Also, the attitude of the workers. Is it people that just kind of come in and they're drones and they just sit at their desk and work all day? Or is it people that have fun or are really into what they're doing or really uh, dedicated to their design or whatever it is that you, that you guys are doing? That's also important. I put this one in just because of my particular office, but uh, jokes and politics. Is it okay to talk politics? Or are you going to get in some kind of heated battle with somebody by doing that? And a lot of these things, most companies will say, don't even bring it up. And another thing is jokes. There's all kinds of jokes going through, joke emails being passed around our office, things that would probably get people fired in other businesses. And it's just our culture that this is okay. All the way up to our president, he likes a good joke. And uh, Sometimes that's important, you know, to have that uh, really kickback environment at your work to where everything's not totally stuffy. Like you'll find in a big, uh, a big organization will usually have all those rules. Uh, my company was actually owned by a huge corporation before we just got sold recently, but they would send out all these, you know, sensitivity training and uh, sexual harassment. I'm not trying to downplay the importance of sexual harassment training or the laws that are in place, but sometimes you know that everybody's just on the same level and they're not going to be offended by certain things. So that I thought I would throw in there too. Uh, the age of the workers. Sometimes this is important. There's a lot of young people. There's actually a pretty wide range at my work, but uh, the place that I just applied at, which was DC Shoes, it was pretty much all young people. And that was something that was exciting to me because it's easier to relate to, to people that are your age. And things tend to be a little bit more dynamic, I think, when you get younger people involved in the company, especially in the higher up positions where they're making the decisions. So that might be something that's important to you as well. 
overall, is it fun? Does it look like a fun place to work? This is where you're going to have to spend hours and hours of your life. So you want to make sure that it's something that's not going to totally bring you down every time you have to go in there. And more often than not, your job's going to be probably pretty fun. We're in a very good field for having fun, exciting jobs. But, you know, these things around the office can also bring it down. They can put a damper on things. So make sure that that's not going to happen. And once again, let me state that all these things are very important, but they're important if you have your choice between different jobs. They're not as important. They're certainly not as important if you only have one option for a job and your other alternative is being out on the street without a paycheck. Definitely take the job if you need the money. Now that's what I call a rookie mistake. Our tip for today is don't try and make all your money on the first job. Now everybody's excited when they get out of college or when they get that first offer for a job, but you really need to keep in mind that you don't want to turn down the opportunities if they don't pay exactly what you want at first. The money will come as you advance your skills. And if you don't have a lot of experience, the employer may shy away from actually paying you a lot up front. But don't be, don't be discouraged by this because as you build those skills, as you work for this employer, they're going to gain more confidence in you and you'll get your, your raises here and there. And you'll probably end up getting up to the salary that you wanted in the first place. But again, if you don't have a lot of experience, it's most likely not all going to come at once. You're not going to get that big fat payday like you wanted on the first day when you first get your first job if that makes sense. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. Our website for today is called A Digital Dreamer, and it's at adigitaldreamer.com. This is something I just kind of fell upon, and uh, it looks pretty interesting. They have different career information. They have graphic design information, which is a bunch of articles. Some of them are pretty basic, but... Um, that's what we speak about on this show, so some of it might be useful. They also have schools and education. They have graphic design schools. A lot of these are actually sponsors of this website, it looks like, but they have uh, it broken down, video game design schools, animation schools, photography schools, so some different options there if you want to check some of these out. And they also have some free downloads, some free stock photography, free fonts, free Photoshop brushes, probably stuff that you would find other places on the web as well. But uh, it looked like an in interesting little site, so if you have some time, go check it out. One more time, I'm going to remind you to tell your friends about this podcast. If they're interested in graphic design, even if they're not working in design yet, if they're interested in design at all, tell them about the podcast if they don't know how to get it, please tell them how to get it or give it to them in some way, shape, or form and let them know how to subscribe and uh, just let them take a look and see if they like it. That's the best way we can uh, build up our community, which is very big already, but can get even bigger and we can learn from even more people. Don't forget there's a contest going on. If you want to enter, just send me an email, adam at rookiedesigner.com. What I'm looking for is topics for quick tips for designers, a topic for a tutorial, Either that, or if you don't watch that, a topic for discussion on this podcast, Rookie Designer. And send me that email with your name and your physical address so I can send you a prize if you are the winner. 
please click on the Wicked Lasers banner. It's up on our website, rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. And uh, please make me look good to this sponsor. If you have a couple minutes, just go up and click on it and check out their website. There's some cool little videos and stuff up there. But uh, the main thing is for them to see that there's clicks coming through from our website to theirs. If you want to contact me for any reason, you got a question for me, you want to suggest uh, something that I change about the show or anything like that, any suggestions, good or bad, you can always contact me, adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can Skype me at username TitanStrides, or you can use the call-in line 619-573-4043 and add the one in the country code if you're outside the United States. And I said last time, I'll say it again, uh, our one-year anniversary is coming up. It's actually, well, I'm calling it episode number 52, since that's 52 weeks and that would make sense that that's one year. So I'm looking for people to call in either using the Skype or the call-in line, please call and leave me a message. Give me a shout-out or anything you want to say. If you want to add a little tip here and there, if you want to share something with everyone else, please, I'd love to get your messages and be able to play them on that show. That would be awesome. Other ways to contact. MySpace.com slash Rookie Designer. And, of course, the best way to do it is to go to the forum. We have, I said almost 300 last time. It's actually 299 right now users on the forum. If you're not registered yet, please go up there, rookiedesigner.com slash forum, and register there. And make sure it's uh, rookiedesigner.com slash forum. I think I said forums last time, and it's not, not with an S, just forum. Anyways, tons of people up there, great discussions, get your questions answered, blah, blah, blah. All right, that's about it for this one. Uh, I think this was a pretty successful two-episode week. Hopefully you enjoyed both of them and got plenty of uh, good listening pleasure out of them. I thank everybody for tuning in and subscribing, new listeners, and definitely the old ones who have been with me for the long haul. Just remember, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's high.
Yeah.